2: Southern Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Hump Day, everybody! Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Hope you're having a good day wherever you may be tuned in, online or one of our Super Talk affiliates want to thank Dickey's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. They're the sponsor of the first segment each and every day, and we're always proud to tell you about their delicious food, the great people that work at uh, Dickey's here in Hattiesburg. They serve great food seven days a week. It's the same at any Dickey's in your community. Uh, great folks, great food, seven days a week, uh, never bad. Uh, we thank Dickey's Barbecue for their support of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander will be joining us later in the show. Also got some news about a Southern Miss pitcher who has transferred to Delta State University. And uh, Luke and I will update you as well on all the college uh, football news and uh, COVID news surrounding the world of college football. But speaking of COVID, uh, we're glad to have our friend Dr. Mark Horn back on with us today. Uh, Chief of Medicine at South Central Regional Medical Center and uh, always gracious uh, to give us his time. and. You know, Doctor Horn, we've been talking now. I don't know. I guess for two or three months with you on a on a regular basis, and uh, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, early on in this thing, I, I was optimistic. This was going to be kind of a short lived deal. Everybody was going to work together for the greatest country in the world, the smartest people in the world. We're going to get through this pretty quickly. And and I got to be honest with you. I, I've lost a lot of that confidence. And and I think, as I told you off air. I think the numbers uh, that we've seen over the past several days in Mississippi and the news uh, from the state health department uh, has, has a lot of people concerned and afraid, Dr. Horn.
3: Well, there's a good reason for it to be concerned. That shows um, that they're paying attention. Um, yeah, I, I, I was optimistic in the early days, uh, concerned that because there's, it was new and we didn't know a lot about it. Uh, the last several months have proven that our concerns and have been well-founded. Uh, the most difficult part of this is not really the disease. It's the unwillingness and or inability of, as a community, as a nation, as a people of Mississippi, uh, more locally, to pull together and say, "You know what? We can do this because we can. that's the reality. We can do better. We could make it better. but the um, overall consensus of the public has been that there are many people who do get it and they're doing their best, but there's too many people who made up their mind that they don't agree and they don't believe, and they either it's a conspiracy. Dr. Dobbs is doing some great series now about. The myth of the day kind of the myth busters type thing and you know people have made up all kinds of ideas about what it is they're getting their facebook medical degrees and uh they're applying them fully and uh we're <laughs> getting the effect of that
2: yeah you're right uh america's the most uh, we we think is the most sophisticated country on the planet and yet america seems to be doing the worst in dealing with the disease
3: doctor we're one of the worst in the world right now in terms of the rate of uh, increase, and we have some of the best ability to have an impact on it. But some of the worst, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing, you know, death rates are going down, and people are understandably encouraged by that. And I am too. Hey, it's great that people who get it die less often. We, uh, that's what we're here for. But the morbidity, and that's the illness, that happens, and the lasting, uh, the potentially lasting consequences of that, and its effect on, and the number of people that are still dying. Because if you have a lot of people getting sick, even if the rate of deaths goes down, the numbers go up pretty significantly. And we're aiming. I mean, there's 1,547 new cases and 34 new deaths today. That's hot off the presses from the Department of Health, and that means that's what three or four days in a row we've been over a thousand. Right. Um, And, um, yeah, it's going to get worse. I mean, it's not going to surprise me if we pass 2,000 a day uh, in the near future. Uh, I'm not saying we definitively will, but we're aimed in that direction. Uh, If you look at the graph of the curve, and now everything we're experiencing today is baked in over the past two weeks. What we do today is going to determine what happens a couple of weeks from now. So right now we're just on a really, really, really bad path.
2: Talking to a couple of guys uh, today. Uh, associated with uh, college sports, uh, growing pessimism as to how uh, we could possibly see football this fall safely. But there's still, you know, there's still conferences, high school athletic associations, junior college athletic association, still marching forward as if they're going to play. But behind the scenes, I, I get the impression that the uh, the optimism is fading pretty fast.
3: I think. You know, I can understand why people would say, well, let's plan. If you don't plan for it, then you won't be able to do it. If you plan for it, and you can cancel it at the last minute. And I I suspect that's what they're doing. I haven't talked to them, but um, if you're going to plan it, you absolutely better be ready to cancel it. And everybody else needs to understand you just got to be ready to to not be able to do it. And that, that decision may come with suddenness at the end, and no one should be surprised.
0: Right. Luke, get in here. Doc, um, has there has there ever been um, a disease, or maybe there are hundreds of them? I'm, I'm not a medical professional. Where there's such a dis- discrepancy between asymptomatic people and how it doesn't phase people, and how it can be really hard on other people we talked yesterday to our co-host kelly center who's just getting over covid and he, he told us told our listeners too, how how difficult it was and then some people you know don't take it serious they said yeah i was i was uh felt bad for a day and, and got over it has is there anything else to compare to medically that we've experienced as a culture that such disparity between asymptomatic and symptomatic people
3: not in my experience i think this is the most uh but there are other things that hit some people hard and others not so difficult i mean i I go back to H1N1 influenza. I had it. My son had it, and we both did okay. It was not a big deal to us. It was it was the flu, and for some, it was really bad. I think what makes this a bit different is the the degree to which there's this dichotomy, the the range, the number of asymptomatic people who can spread it and have no idea that they're spreading it is fairly unique. It's it's very unusual. And it's one of the things that makes this one nastier and more difficult. Um, so, yeah, it's it, this one is acting differently. It's a new thing. It, like most really big pandemics, the novelty makes it more difficult for our immune systems, and it makes it a little more difficult for us in public, uh, from a public health standpoint. But as I said, for many weeks, we finally, after the first few weeks of trying to get our feet, we understand this virus pretty well. And we know that simple things make a big difference. We don't have to shut down the economy fully if we'll do simple, basic things. But people have decided they're so scarred by that first uh, shutdown that when we didn't know enough about it, and by basically a belief in conspiracy theories for many people, or a misapplication of what they read and, seem to, and believe they understand, they're just making bad decisions, and have chosen not to do even the simple stuff.
0: Yeah, it's like driving. People, not in, only like, their Facebook. Yeah, it's like driving in bad
3: Facebook weather and deciding degrees, I'm not going to
0: slow down. Right, yeah, right. P- people, people believe memes more than your professional medical advice. That's what I found. What we're hearing a lot, uh, potential in the works, vaccine front. Anything you can bring up us to date on that? What's being talked about?
3: I don't have anything new on that other than what I've said before, which is, you know, the the noises that are coming out of the people that seem to be in the know are good. Um, But then that has to be seasoned with an understanding that, uh, as I said, a vaccine not only has to be manufactured, it has to be effective. It has to be safe. um, And it has to be for something like this, it's going to have to be available in billions of doses with a b uh for it to have an, a worldwide effect it'll have to have hundreds of millions of doses to have a, a adequate effect in the united states and that is an incredibly tall order
2: right no question we, we have about 45 seconds left doctor we're going to hold you over if you've got just sure. a few minutes on the other side of the break i want to ask you to Maybe give us an update on on exactly what people need to be looking for. We because we, we hear different symptoms now. You know, things are being added to the symptom list. Also, a question that I had when our when our friend got sick was: um, At what point do you do you go to a hospital? What, what is the procedure if you're diagnosed with COVID and and you're feeling terrible? I mean, when do you know? that it's time uh, to get medical advice. And then uh, we're going to give you this a three-minute break to uh, make a final determination on whether or not we should have college football, Dr. Horn, and uh, and let <laughs> no you pleasure. make that announcement uh, to our listening audience when we come back. Does that sound good to you?
3: Uh, I'll, I'll take a stab at it.
2: <laughs> our friend Dr. Mark Horn from South Central Regional Medical Center is on the Eagle Hour today. We're always grateful to have him on the show, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how all of this will eventually affect sports Uh, that's obviously the subject of the program and we'll continue that conversation next
0: Southern Miss, to the top, to the top. you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Hey, I want to thank Campus Bookmark for sponsoring the Eagle Hour as we broadcast from the First Bank Studios here at Laurel and Hattiesburg on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in South Mississippi, Campus Bookmark with a great selection of Southern Miss apparel. You can uh, shop in the store now back on Hardy Street across from the campus or you can go to campusbookmark.net and we appreciate them. We're talking to Doctor Mark Horn, uh, Chief of Medicine, South Central Regional Medical Center. I know you're friends with Doctor Thomas Hobbs, who is the uh, head of the State Health Department. Uh, Doctor Horn and uh, I-, I watch pretty much all of his interviews, and I don't—I don't put words in the man's mouth. You know him a lot better than me. But the last couple of days, he's—he's he's just seemed to be borderline angry about the lack of cooperation.
3: I haven't seen uh, the last uh, couple of days, but uh, yeah, I know Thomas and. I know there's a a real sense of frustration, um, and um, haven't talked to him in the last week or so. So I, I don't know about those, but it, it's heck. It's frustrating for all of us who are in this, and we see what's happening. We know what's happening. We know what's coming, and we yell from the mountaintops, and people say, meh. <laughs> you
2: know, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't from my perspective it just simply doesn't make any sense so all right so now we're rolling up on the last of july and uh so we're getting closer and closer and closer to what would normally be football season how have your views changed as to whether or not this is going to be safe to move forward high school junior college college football in mississippi
3: well there's a couple of ways of looking at that. One is, can it be done safely? And I suppose if one spends enough time and effort and um, resources, they can make it safer and perhaps even sufficiently safe. But you're still left with the question of, is it advisable and uh, is it essential? Now, I've heard different people say, well, you know, these high school athletes, this may be their only chance to go to college, and these college athletes it may be their only chance to make a living at this, and I'm deeply sympathetic to those issues. But when you weigh things on the scale of importance, um, I, I'm, I favor academics uh, first uh, and getting that done safely. And so I'm, I am i think when you look at it, I, I'm having a hard time – seeing how I will personally feel safe at a football game uh, with lots and lots of people there, whether it's high school or otherwise. If they keep the crowds way down and they have uh, testing and other cohorting of the teams, then maybe. Um, You have to ask yourself if it's worth it uh, from the standpoint of risk. And So for some, it may be worth it. I, I find it difficult, and I certainly don't see how we can have stands full of fans.
2: Right. Uh, I want to get Luke back in this conversation. Let me ask you one more question, then I'll give Luke the rest of the segment. I I sort of teased this before we went to the break. Uh, If someone in your family is diagnosed with COVID-19, at what point and what would be the procedure if you felt like uh, that person needed hospitalization?
3: So if you feel like you... Well, if you feel like you need more care, well, we try to manage as many of these people at home as we possibly can. We're going to have to do that. and We're going to have to do even more of that. That's one of the problems going into the fall is there's going to be so many people that there won't be enough hospital rooms uh, to handle everybody if things are, stay on the track that they're on. It's not that way now, but that's the, that's where the direction we're aiming. So, what do you do? Well, if you're short of breath, if you're older and sicker, or if you're even younger and sicker, if you have lots of chronic illnesses and you're running a higher fever, you're more short of breath, you notice any blueness or duskiness around your lips or your fingers, um, you definitively need to be seen. If, it's, if you've got a physician, call the physician. Tell them what's going on. They may direct you to the emergency room. Uh, that's the typical route of entry to the hospital, is either through your doctor's office or through an emergency room. That's how you get into the hospital. A physician or an MP or a PA will evaluate you and say you meet criteria for admission.
2: I got you. All right, look, get in here, man.
0: Um, Doc, just a couple more questions for me. First, uh, I ask you this every time you come on. You hinted at it a little earlier. You said that we we know a whole lot more about this virus, and then you know what you said about uh, the aspect. It with simple steps, you can actually get ahead of it. Um, is that something that we've come to know recently, or is that just kind of evolved with the, the, the you know promotion of mask over the last month or so?
3: I'd say we've known this fairly early on. I mean, the first few weeks were a bit of a muddle uh, on mask, and we could debate that, but it doesn't matter because that's far behind us now. What matters is where we have been since that initial muddle of should or shouldn't people and the general public wear masks. As soon as it became readily apparent that this was a respiratory uh, spread by respiratory droplets, we understood, with a high degree of confidence, that masks and hand uh, and distancing, uh, and air circulation and volume of air and being outside instead of inside, we understood almost immediately that all those things were going to be true. And the last few months have proven it to be more and more true because when those things are done then the case transmission rate goes down and we gain control. So for people, they can talk about – I love the the myths about wearing masks. The the carbon dioxide increase is going to cause – is going to shorten people's lives. I'm like, well, tell all the surgeons that live in – and the nurses who live in masks all day long. (laughs) Me, I wear masks for hours and hours at a time. You know, it's just silliness like that, absolute silliness. Mm. Uh, that is killing us. And so the simple things like mask and distancing and staying out of big crowds and hand hygiene, these things all matter, and we've known that for quite some time.
0: Comment as much or as little on this as you want to. Um, it's, it's, some medical studies have come out in the last week or so, or the last few weeks, talking about school. Uh, kids need to be back having social interaction. That's a, on the psychological front. You know, it, it's just really hard for some of these school districts and educators and superintendents to make a decision like that, and whether it's extremely online learning, because you're putting uh, a child's, you know, physical health on the line. You're putting family's health on the line. At the same time, there is a strong component of a child's well-being is with community interaction. I, I just, as, as a medical professional, I can only—it's it, just hard to. It's just hard to grasp everything that that goes on that you guys are facing and that people making decisions about school are facing also.
3: I think the people that are making decisions about schools have an incredibly difficult job, and my heart goes out to them. And I've been – my colleagues and I, every time we're asked, we talk to them and give them the benefit of what we understand – I guess I listen to my pediatric colleagues. I know that the pediatricians nationwide have their organization has said, we need to have in-person school. I know my 15-year-old and my 21-year-old twins, I know that their distance learning experiences were not as good as their in-person experiences. So I support going back to school. Uh, I personally talked to my son's school. I've talked to our city schools. I think we just have to do it as smart as we can and be willing and able to change if things change. And parents and families need to encourage and demand and that their kids that are old enough to understand wear their mask and follow the rules while they're at school. The kids are going to be fine for the most part, but they can bring it home to mom who takes it to, their, to her mother she takes care of, or her, her dad who takes it to the office, who gives it to a co-worker, who takes it home to his sick wife. They, people aren't thinking about those two or three steps down the road.
2: Uh, good advice. I, I feel fortunate to talk to you so much because I, I follow your advice to the letter of the law, And knock on wood. My my family has avoided this stuff so far. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half left, uh, Dr. Horn. Uh, y- your thoughts. What What is the message Today, you'd like to uh, get out to our listening audience around the state.
3: I'd like them to understand that this is not – I know that people are often – there's a, a term called cognitive dissonance. People have made up their minds, and it's difficult for them to change their mind because it means they have to admit they're wrong, or it has – and it's just painful for people. So take a deep breath and just listen and think And and think about the sources. I mean, if your local physicians are telling you, and and we're all trying to tell you, we we see a disaster down the road. The road is out. The bridge is out. And, um, you know, in the long run, as I told you guys, this is, you know, society, we're going to get past and through this, but we're making it much, much, much more painful than it need be. Mm. If we would just do some simple, basic things. We're not asking for shutdowns we're asking for people to socially to, to personally distance or socially distance however you like to say it hand is hand washing and wear your mask in public and wear them right and just try to help us
2: all right doctor uh, we sure appreciate it and uh your your information and your advice is invaluable i just hope that uh everybody in the sound of your voice today will, will heed your words and listen to you thank you so much take care of yourself be careful we'll look forward to talking to you again soon Very good. Thank you. Dr. Mark Horn. everybody. Uh, Tell you what, Luke Johnson, you and I, pretty two fortunate guys to have been introduced to this man. And um, I'll tell you what, his advice is spot on. And it's the same week after week, is it not?
0: It is. He's been right so far. Continue to take his advice. He knows what he's talking about. Hey, uh, people out there, Facebook and memes are not the source for professional (laughs) medical advice, in case you didn't know that. Luke Johnson didn't either. Great observation that you
2: made about that. Great observation. All right, when we'll uh, return, we'll bring on Kelly Sam. And miss to
0: the top. I greatly appreciate Dr. Mark Horn from South Central Regional Medical Center in Laurel for joining us in those first two segments. If you missed them, just go back and listen. Uh, it's just good stuff, um, and he's he's been right all along. So um, if, if you haven't, it's July, y'all. Get a mask, okay? Right. I, I'll wear one. Right. Kelly and Bob have photo evidence that right. I. Wear one. Anyway, appreciate Dr. Horn coming on. Thanks for listening to the Eagle Hour, third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 895 Lunch. Every single day, go by and see our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel Kelly John Center joins us now. Um, Kelly. I just want to talk about sports. Baseball starts tomorrow. It's kind of weird. I was, uh, I was watching, I saw some, some highlights. Bryce Harper hit a home run. Uh, he just killed one in the outfield, but there's no fans. They actually like covered up seats with like those blankets that they use at like two lane games and stuff. So it's, uh, I don't, <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> it's, well, they beat us in a bowl game, so I, I can take a <laughs> shot at them. But Kelly, I don't know if you've been watching any baseball highlights. Just, just really, really weird.
1: I think what you can expect to see early on is, is really like any, like any Major League Baseball season that begins back in, in March or April. I think you're going to see the hitters have huge advantages early on because it, it takes a while for a pitcher to, to get into, you know, you've heard the phrase mid-season form. Well, it, it didn't, that, that phrase didn't come around by itself. You know, I mean, it, it takes a while for pitchers to kind of find their group. So I think you're going to see a lot of home runs. Early on, um, I think you're going to see a lot of runs scored then uh, subsequently, and and the pitchers probably won't hit their their groove until just about the season is over. so um, so advantage in in the past, you'd think advantage to the teams with really deep, solid pitching staffs. But this might be one of those anomalies to where if you' if you're a good slugging team, um, you're going to have a you're going to have a shot here, regardless of how weak your pitching staff is. Because I just think there's going to be a lot, a, a ton of runs um, scored as as things get going. You know, tomorrow night. Now, you know, we continue to talk about the future of college football. News is breaking out of the University of Toledo this past hour that head coach Jason Candles has tested positive for the coronavirus uh, at the University of Toledo. Now he is not showing any symptoms. At this point, which is really that that's kind of the scariest thing about this thing is that if people aren't showing symptoms, there isn't really any necessarily, you know, they wouldn't necessarily think that they that they have the virus. But when they're not feeling any symptoms, but yet are out amongst people, there's obviously that chance that they could spread it. Uh, Toledo is going to continue with their workouts and Coach Campbell's is going to is going to quarantine himself. But he is the first Division One mm-hmm. coach that has, uh, has tested positive for the, the coronavirus as leagues still mull as to you know what extent, if at all, there will be football this fall.
2: I think close to 100 NFL players have tested positive. 90, I want to say 95, 96 is what I read yesterday, maybe. Let's go back to baseball for a second, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, 60 games, right? Right. Uh, is this a season just for fans to get to get in a little baseball, I mean, in the in the big scope of things, will this always be a season with a big asterisk beside it? And so, if you are the world champion, are eh, you really the legitimate world champion? I guess is the question.
1: Well, they'll take they'll take their winner's share.
2: Well, I know they'll take the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: But here's here's what I think the the bottom line is that you probably won't hear a lot of people talk about is because because some people have argued. Well, if you're only going to play sixty games why bother, right? But here is why you bother. Because if your fan base goes an entire year without baseball, an entire season, I should say, without baseball, and they learn that they can live without baseball, right. Right. It, it makes the product less attractive to come back to next season right, and subsequent seasons. So they need to play baseball to keep their fan base is you know, attracted to the game and keep attached to that love of that particular team. Uh, because, again, if people learn, hey, I can I can get along without baseball, that's a fatal blow right. you know, financially and everything else. So they need to play. They know they need
2: to play. Now, you know, Luke, it'll just be your luck that the Cubs will
0: win it this year and everybody go, ah, it didn't mean anything. If we win it this year, We'll win it this year. That's all that matters. I hope everybody on the Cubs hits 400. You can put asterisks by it. I don't care. But, yeah, it, look, it's just something to watch, okay? Yeah, that's right. The, yeah, and there and was it, some and stats it, that came it, out. It's like the golf channel's up like 60% in viewer uh, viewership or something well, of that. that tells it's going to be astronomical what the NBA and the Major League Baseball is going to get. Well, it's I'm, going to be astronomical.
2: That, well, that probably speaks to coronavirus more than anything if it's driving people to watch golf on television.
1: The only thing that you can guarantee during Major League Baseball season is that the Tigers will not be in whatever World Series right? Uh, there will be. This I'm going to fast
2: forward that to football season too, Kelly. And if they have an NFL season, I'm going to make a. I'm going to make a prediction right now too, that the Cincinnati Bengals are not going to be in the Super Bowl.
1: Sad thing is, Bob, is I. You know, I I would have to agree with you, but I don't think anybody will give us any money on that bet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nor nor will the Washington whatever's. They're not going to be in it either.
1: <laughs> is that what we're calling them? The,
2: now, what, the whatever's. What? Yes, that's the name I've come up with.
1: So it's, you know, and, and that's the NFL's the same thing, because the NFL, you know, as far as we're talking about, the Major League Baseball really needs to play. Mm-hmm. The NFL has, you know, really come under the gun for some of the things that they, you know, changed up and they're going to do things a little bit differently. And of course, you hear people on social media, well, I'm going to boycott the NFL. I'm not going to watch the NFL. The NFL, you know, TV ratings will be down. Um, so the NFL needs to, to play as well because of people, Understand? Look, I can I can live without uh, football, without football. Then well, I
2: believe they, they have canceled the preseason. I think I read that last night too. That the NFL preseason will not
1: canceled. be played. All four yeah.
0: seasons canceled. Right. Right. Well, I think that Games. was a
1: concession though to the Players Association. I think you know with uh, some of the things that they wanted, uh, including. But I mean, it's a know. good
0: sign though. It's a good it's sign sure. that we're going to have an NFL football season.
1: Yes. It, it is even even if there's not any fans. Um, again, they need they need to play just like m- major leagues do, you yeah. know. But but the NBA the NBA apparently got this whole testing thing right. I mean, when they decided they were going to go back, you know, they called all the teams to Orlando and um, you know sequestered all of them. Uh, So put all the the things in place, the masks, the social distancing, and so on. And the NBA did not have one single player test positive.
2: I think the biggest question about the NBA, Kelly, is uh, does anyone really care if they play?
1: Well, any more than the National Hockey League coming back on August 1st. You know, nothing says hockey to me like a 100-degree day with 98% humidity, you know? (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) Maybe it's just too
2: cold where they play hockey. For the coronavirus to exist, is that possible?
1: So they're all so they're all going to get back rolling again. About August first, the uh, latest that at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which will host the greatest spectacle in racing on August twenty fourth, <laughs> they were going to allow up to twenty uh, up to fifty percent of the stands to be filled. Now they have lowered that to twenty five percent with a mandatory mask order.
2: Right.
1: Um, so, guessing you're not going. No, heck, no, I'm not uh, going to go. By the no, way, that'll be. Go ahead, and that'll be forty-seven straight years, Bob. That that's yeah. my streak comes to an end.
2: So you but, um, you first started going when you what in your early thirties? uh
1: For the record, uh <laughs> I, I my first time I think I was twelve.
2: Okay, I got
1: you. But but no, I'm not not not. Look,
2: not I, I have to share something with you, Kelly, and I wanted Luke to hear this. I had. Well, three three different guys say something to me yesterday about you being back on the show, and um, and, and one guy uh, who's very dear to you and and all of us uh, who appears frequently on the show said the it was the best news he he had heard since uh, early July when he heard you yanking on stumpster yesterday because he knew you were getting you were back beginning to feel your normal self again because you were trashing the stumpster.
1: Well, look, I'm, I am an equal opportunity trasher. I will
0: say that. Uh, and, and I will trash my I know you trashed on my wife to her face. In a studio, you did that. I trashed on your wife?
2: Yeah. Tell him, Luke. Remind him. His memory's a little foggy this month.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you said something to it. Lauren, your uh, your eyes aren't your only problem or something like that. It's basically you you just ripped her in. in just no, today, look, so I'm, I'm going to give you, you a heads up. You're going to be with us one more segment, okay? Today is my anniversary. Oh, put that in your noggin. Oh. come up with something and and just crush my soul but in actually, the fourth segment, like, okay? I'm just giving you, you that heads up. It,
1: I wasn't ma- I wasn't knocking on your wife or making fun of her. I
0: was making fun of you.
2: Correct. <laughs> right. Indirectly making fun of her for putting up with Luke. And, and that's that, right. That's Bob, you remember right. those?
0: Um, you you remember those blankets I told you Tulane uses to cover up the right. the, uh, the seats in the stadium. Right, right. Ole Miss uses them too. Do they? <laughs> sure they do. Uh, Luke, did you buy Lauren
2: something nice for her anniversary?
0: Yes, and did other things as well. Uh, you want to you sh- go on Lauren's Lauren's social media? She. Uh, she gave me a shout out yesterday for something. All right. Well, think. happy anniversary to Warren, and, and of course you too, Luke. Uh,
2: we we'll, we're going to give Kelly four I'm giving, minutes. I'm giving to come Kelly, Kelly up. a yeah.
0: five minutes. It's
2: it's yeah. five minutes. He's yeah. got
0: well, four and a half minutes.
2: So hang on to your hats, people. Kelly's thoughts of Luke's what did you say? Fourteenth anniversary next That's on the it. Eagle Hour.
0: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Wednesday, Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel for a segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Uh, Bob, big day tomorrow for uh, Super Talk. The uh, I think it's the 8th annual Radiothon for the Palmer Home. And uh, there's a silent auction going on. I'll give the URL in, in just a minute to some people. But, man, some right. Southern Miss stuff on the silent yeah. auction.
2: This is important. So listen up, folks. As It's rare that we say anything important on this show. But uh, we will not have a show tomorrow because of the Palmer Home for Children Radiothon. Luke's going to tell you where you can go. But just this morning... So very gracious of of Coach uh, Hop and also Coach Barry. Uh, they sent uh, autographed footballs, autographed bats, and autographed baseballs to us uh, that we have put on the website. There is a silent auction going on right now all all hundred percent of the money goes to the Palmer Home for kids and I heard them bragging this morning on some other network shows about all the interest in the old miss and all the interest in the Mississippi state stuff that they had online. At that time, we had not gotten our stuff online, but it's there now. It is an autographed football from uh, Coach Hobson, uh, with a lot with a really he really went out of his way uh, writing some really cool stuff on it. Autographed uh, Louisville Slugger baseball bat, uh, autographed by Coach Barry, and the Southern Miss baseball, autographed by Coach Barry. And please, some you Southern Miss guys, you get online now and you bid for this stuff because. Uh, we don't want to hear any more about Old Miss and Mississippi State. We want the Southern Miss folks to stand up and uh, make themselves heard and raise money for a wonderful, wonderful place. Luke, where do they go to,
0: to see this stuff they can bid on? Palmerhome.org. Palmerhome.org. That's the website for Palmer Home for Children. Palmer, Palmerhome.org. Click on Engage, and under Events, you will see the 8th Annual Radiothon. And on that page, there is a link for the silent auction. You go on the silent auction, all kinds of stuff, Southern Miss, uh, of course, signed by Jay Hobson and uh, Scott Berry, all kinds of stuff. Uh, man, there's some custom-made uh, benches. There's a trip to the brand-new Mississippi Aquarium, uh, a, Some a tool set, a Gatlinburg trip, Um Think of this as a Dallas Cowboy fan, not as a Mississippi State fan. Dak Prescott signed stuff. Uh, Yeti Coolers, birthplace of the Delta Blues trip. Man, all kinds of stuff. That's palmerhome.org. Click Engage in Events and go to the Radiothon page. So a great really good thing. stuff uh, for a great cause. No question about it. Uh, do wonderful, wonderful
2: work there. And we uh, we would appreciate all of our listeners uh, participating in that auction. It's really cool stuff, too. I mean, it, uh, it is, uh, it's really neat stuff. All right, Kelly, have you – 14 years, you and I shake our head every time we see Lauren and look at Luke standing beside her, but she's been with him for 14 years. Your thoughts on uh, Luke Johnson's 14th anniversary?
1: I think I can just sum it up in a, in a few words, Bob. The generosity of women never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> never ceases to amaze me. Hey, by the way, you were talking about those those blankets that Tulane Lays over some of the seats to make it look like there's people there when they're not using different sections, and, and Ole Miss has some of those too. But the I just got a text from an Ole Miss fan saying he wanted you to know that Ole Miss's blankets are made of silk and satin
2: <laughs> to match their ties and socks. Uh. Correct.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So they're not. They don't want to be even compared to Tulane.
2: No, you know, in other words, and Luke takes that cheap shot at Tulane. Did you notice that, Kelly? He just Tulane he just,
0: beat the dog out of us in a bowl game. I can say whatever <laughs> I just want do to that about this. Zinger Tulane.
2: right there at the old Green Wave.
0: Yeah. Hey, um, real quick, this is uh, breaking news to NFL fans who do attend. Where they're able to attend will now be required to wear face coverings. Adam Schefter reporting that. So Hmm. let's be honest. I don't see – the NFL is going to have a season. I I see that. And we know the Jets are out. The Giants are out. The Raiders are probably out. Uh, The Rams found out yesterday. The Rams with that crazy whatever $15, $20 billion stadium, not going to have fans there. I find it hard to believe that the New Orleans Saints will not have fans in the Superdome.
2: Well, I'm going to tell you something, and I witnessed this personally last year, this thing about the face coverings uh, for – for the Washington whatever fans, it's not going to be a problem because I have pictures to prove it. They were all wearing bags when I was there uh, late was, fall, so say, they, same, they were already thing, covered. Yeah,
1: Same thing with Bengal fans. They don't want right. anybody to know that they're, they're
2: – Right, so <laughs> so they, they already social distance and wear stuff over their faces when they go to Washington games now, and I'm pretty sure probably about the same thing in Cincinnati.
1: See, Bob, we're trendsetters.
2: Yeah, yeah our, we our were ahead teams. of the curve. Talk about flattening the curve. Hell, we were, we're ahead, ahead of the curve. We were ahead telling. of
1: the curve. That's, that's right. <laughs> um, so even though we're trend centers uh, there, we're still pretty consistent elsewhere, especially when it comes to W's and L's.
2: That That, that is correct. So no who dats in the Superdome, huh, Luke? What, how weird is that?
0: No, it. it they're going to have it. That's what I'm saying. They're going to have it. They'll be wearing masks. There is no way that they're going to play football in the state of Louisiana and nobody's going to be in the Superdome. It's going to happen. I hope you're right.
2: All right, that wraps it up. Glad to see Kelly feeling so much better. He's beginning to become his snarky self again. That's a really good sign, Santer. What a uh,
1: crowd. What a crowd.
2: And we're really happy about that, actually. That Thank wraps it too. up. Uh, off tomorrow. Go bid on that Southern Miss stuff at the Palmer Home uh, website. We'll be back Friday with Patrick McGee. Big breaking story he's going to share with us Friday, he tells me. Until then everyone, Southern miss
1: To
0: the top and setting into the future I wanna fly like an
3: eagle to the sea